Hey, what it do with the business is? It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Luke. Man, holler at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me. Instagram, Twitter, and sometimes Snap. All the time, Snap. I <laughs> am Spike Lou on the Instagrams and the Tweet Streets. Come find the podcast guy. And we got an action-packed episode, but Facts. before we get into that, yes. on a scale of zero to freezing my balls off, how mm. cold was New York? Ironically, it was not that cold. I don't believe that. It wasn't. My country ass went up there with a hoodie for a jacket because <laughs> I didn't want to pack. Uh, it's a big old jacket, but uh, we made it work, man. I was hollered at my boy Money Green. He took me up to Harlem. See your boy. Got to get some good food. Who knew Dominicans cook like black people? I didn't know that. Mm. They had the big dog soul food spot. It was good. The chicken was fire. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, yeah, so we definitely got to check that out. Went to Stadium Goods. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It was sure. cracking in there. Yeah. Really expensive shoes. I was going to say, you ain't cop? No, no. absolutely not. <laughs> I'm waiting to get to a place in my life where I can buy $10,000 sneakers. Let right. me ask you, Fresh for Dummy guy. Absolutely. Do they make the, the high-ass shoes like out of a different material, <laughs> or is it just because like it's limited supply? It's limited. It's so the supply and demand is the price That's driver. all. Yeah, some of them have some of yeah. them have special Nigga, material, my, but not ten thousand dollars. Shit special. better be indestructible. Nah, nah, they regular ten, shoes. Ten, nah, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this shit better come with a lifetime warranty, nigga. Like uh, clouds to walk on and all that shit for ten bands. Nigga. Negative. But this week, man, we're gonna get right into it. We're talking about Birdman and Drake. Limited budgets going on over there. What does that mean for the cash money artist? Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Also, we're talking about Planet Fitness versus Lil Boosie. Whose side do you fall on? And is Eminem a guest in hip hop? But first. Mm-hmm. Our condolences go out to Pop Smoke, who lost his life tragically over the past week since we recorded in L.A. Uh, he was out there for promo for his previous album, his album that was just released, and an apparent robbery slash home invasion happened, and he was killed. He was 20 years old. Um, what do you think about the reactions and just the overall happenings of Pop Smoke? Yeah, man, this was, this was a terrible incident, obviously. Uh, I was becoming a fan of Pop Smoke's uh, within the top of the year. I thought New York was going to run 2020, and I thought he was going to lead the charge. And even though we're not 100% clear on what happened, I know the internets were saying one thing about how he accidentally or unknowingly posted his address where he was staying on Instagram, which is a, a rap no-no, you know what I'm saying, especially when you when you guopped up. You got the whips and that's shit out no front. No period. Nigga. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a no no period. You don't want you don't want nobody pulling up to you. You yeah, especially after you just got through flexing yeah. on the gram. And some people think it was the robbery. Some people think it may have been gang related. Some people say, based on the surveillance, that it indicated it was a hit, which is on some a whole nother level of shit. I know that Pop canceled a show earlier in the week in New York due to safety concerns. I know that. Summer Jam, the police wouldn't let him perform at Summer Jam due to his affiliations and safety concerns. And I know that he was just on the phone. A source close to the situation said he was telling his girl to make sure she had the doors locked. And you know what I mean? And and listen, that may have been just regular them talking. But when you put it all in the context of things that have happened, it smells like he may been aware of something that he needed to be on the lookout for. So posting his address, even though he was in Cali. Probably wasn't um, the best idea not to put anything on him, but it's it's just unfortunate the way it turned out. Um, so that's it. I, I hate to see it. it's twenty years old. It's just ugly, man. It's just ugly situation all the way around. 
Yes, man. Very sad situation. It's very unfortunate that a young man lost his life that had so much promise. Yeah. And what I looked towards is, is of course, is the jealousy that's involved with it. Uh, just the, the overall just politics, the gang culture that he was a part of, that was apparently a part of it too. Yeah. Most importantly for me, though, what I think could have prevented this is the artist development aspect of it. Mm. And what I mean by that is if you listen to different artists and their come up, they'll tell you, I went on tour, like 50 will say, I went on tour with Master P. Yeah. Or Jay will say, when I was still hustling in the streets, Jazz O took me and he showed me what it was like to be a rapper. Yeah. Nowadays, you got artists who are able to get popular off SoundCloud, get popular off Instagram, Twitter, and they go from where they recorded on their MacBooks in the little small studios to boom, they're in the limelight. And they're right there, and the label's not necessarily telling them how to be safe. Mm -hmm. They're instructing them how to make money for the label. So they don't really have the artist's best interest in mind. If artists still went through that development phase where, like, they're in the D-League or they're in a G minor league, league system, yeah. they can see how you're supposed to move as a successful artist, what you're supposed to do when you're staying in L.A. for a week, the steps you're supposed to take to be safe. Uh, even with um, Juice World, what you're supposed yeah. to do when the police hop on your plane and not down a whole lot of pills. And I'm not blaming these artists particularly for this. The game as a whole, what they're doing is eating and just tossing out these artists and they're not taking into account what they mean to these communities, what they mean to their families. They're just using them as workhorses. Yeah. And that has to be changed. And the only way I feel like that can be changed is artist development, artists reaching back for artists, taking them on the road, showing them, hey, this is how you move. If you are going to stay out here for a week, this is what you need to do. Those things start to happen. We start seeing a lot less lives lost in our community. And I just hope the artists wake up and start to do that for the younger artists. Like a guy like Pop Smoke, I didn't hear of him a, a year ago this time. Yeah, right. But in that year, like, he's skyrocketed to, like, one of the biggest stars in that genre of hip-hop, that drum, New York, was drill, drill, excuse me, New yeah. York music. And people, like, he had a, a target. People wanted to take him out, right. uh, apparently. And no one was there to tell him how you're supposed to move when those things do face you. Like you said, he made the phone calls to his girl. There may have been things that he couldn't catch because he was busy. Right. And they didn't lock just, the door. Yeah, or they didn't set the alarm. Didn't set the alarm when they got there. Just things that you need to know how to operate when you are a rapper, when you are a successful person. You need a mentor. You need to be able to sit back and see, especially these kids that are thrown right into it. You see so many things happening to them where like that could have been prevented had they yep. been able to ask someone. Yeah. And I mean it's 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 unfortunate to where I saw Blueface had, you know, he had came and, and went on social media and talked about how L.A. wasn't sweet and all of this type stuff. And I... He telling the truth, though. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know be. if I need Blueface to tell Thank me you. that, but, I mean, he's telling the truth, like... Especially when you're a street artist like pa a Pop, yeah, Pop Smoke, Smoke was though. affiliated. Right, right. So, uh, it's uh, different rules That's apply true. when they go out there, so, I mean... And had he dealt with the older artists, maybe had been on tour with them and see how they move when they out there and they are affiliated. Like you just start to be accustomed to these things and know what you have to do and what you can't do. Uh, so Posting your address is something that you can't do. Yeah, I think that you just can't do. It. I'm not even trying to put it on that, but he did it. He posted it on IG and it. He deleted it, but it was too late. It was it was already shared to Facebook. He didn't delete it off Facebook, so it was out there. And another thing that struck up to me is. 
the Mace and Diddy situation. Mm. 20 years later, you got Mace coming to Diddy saying, hey, you owe me this money. And But yet he was on tour with him the week before last or whatever it may be. I've always looked at Puff and Mace like family. For sure. And that's one of the things when Puff is talking about black excellence and you know you said this he was like well if he black he should be looking out for me on the money aspect and not doing what the label bigger labels do right I think you get that family aspect from a label like bad boy like they're not gonna let black owned labels tde bad boy things of the night's not gonna let you move around like a bigger universal or uh, whatever yeah, they like Warner Music Group, because like all you are to them is a number that's bringing in money. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with a small little boutique label, people they're more concerned about your well-being. Agreed. And these younger artists just need more people around them that are concerned about their well-being and not concerned about the bag. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke, man. Condolences to his friends, family, and fans. Yeah. For sure. Thanks. Man, moving on to Birdman. Birdman was on Everyday Struggle last week, and he was asked about Drake's rumored unlimited album budget. Now, Baby responded saying that he would give that to all his artists that he worked with. That's including Wayne, Nicki, and Young Thug. Is it strange that Birdman is still speaking on Cash Money Records with those aforementioned acts who aren't repping Cash Money anymore? Till I see paperwork to say these guys not on Cash Money, I'm reading this as Birdman still got ties to them, <laughs> and they owe albums. <laughs> they want to make these albums, the budget is whatever they want it to be, but they got to go through Birdman, and he got to get his cut. That's the business. That's, that's the, the cost of doing business with Birdman. Mm. Uh, with that being said, I do think that Birdman, due to his success at Universal and the many acts that he's rolled out over the long period of time, he probably does have an open book. So if he wants to do an album and he calls up Drake and Drake says, well, it's going to be $10 million, Mr. Birdman. Mr. Birdman is going to call up Universal and say, hey, got this Drake track. I need $10 million. I need $15 million. I need 15, exactly, going to need them five, exactly. You're absolutely right. Now, I just, I, I think that that's more so what he means. Uh, I couldn't see Drake pr- partnering up with Birdman to do any more music. I no couldn't need. see Nicki to do it. No need. Well, they don't, whoa. There's no need. They're whoa. already established. There's nothing Birdman can do for them right now. At this point. Birdman can't do nothing for Nicki? No. She's in the door already. If Nicki Minaj and Birdman... <laughs> Jesus. No. Nicki Minaj and Birdman going to Universal looking for a budget. Who gets the higher budget? Nicki. Based off. They don't need. Based off Birdman being only as good or as relevant as the people that are signed to him. Right. So I can make more money if I'm the label, if I give Birdman more money. Because the, the, the theory would he be going to find more talent? <laughs> that would be the theory, right? No. Um, <laughs> like, he's going to find the king of R&B. He's going to have this, like, <laughs> white rapper. Look, Birdman is the master. I give him this. He's the master at keeping himself in the conversation. He's going to release a juvenile album. <laughs> Two of them. Um, the CEO of Universal Music Group came out a while ago and said that Drake had an unlimited album budget. Drake only. Nobody else. He didn't mention anyone that Birdman mentioned. Birdman had to insert himself in the conversation as he sometimes does. And I get it. This is all perception. Birdman is perceived to be a boss. He's the head honcho. You know what I'm saying? And you have to have that persona to match what it is that you're doing. But the fact is, his brand is built on who's under him. If there's nobody under him, there's nothing to stand on. And you're out here like Suge Knight. Like Suge Knight did the same thing. 
uh, and when Pac, when he came and got Pac, the legend was he released, he dropped the 1.5 on him on bail to get him out of jail and all of that. And that the legend of death row grew from there. When in actuality, we learned several years later that Jimmy Iovine was the one that put up the money, not Suge. So, you know what I'm saying? But Suge knew how to play it and he knew what that would mean for him and his brand if he was the one that came to it as opposed to Jimmy Ivey. And it worked. So I get it. That's what Birdman is trying to do. He's inserting himself in the conversation. And he may get us some points off of their albums moving forward. Who knows? Right. But it ain't enough to keep. He, he got to rebrand his cash money yesterday and, and to maintain. Because you can't be holding on to these 20-year deals for $30 million that you did in 99, which was fucking awesome. But I don't know how long that's going to run you until 2020 and beyond, though, is what I'm saying. Because that funeral album didn't have a cash money stamp nowhere on it mm. in the credits, dude. Wow. And who knows what this Drake will have moving forward. And the second that Nicki gets a chance to skate, she's oh, going to be gone. You know what that Drake is going to have on the OVO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not cash money, not CMB. True. All right. So earlier this week, my guy, Torrance Hatch, <laughs> a.k.a. Lil Bootsy. <laughs> Told us his thoughts about Dwayne Wade and his child's sex change. So Dwayne Wade was out doing the pub for the documentary that has coming, and he mm-hmm. was talking about his child, and that came up. Boosie goes to IG, and he has questions, and he has an issue. Uh, that Dwayne Wade's child is changing their sex. Right. And he thought that that meant that the child was having surgery. The child's a little boy, and Bootsy, and I quote, said, please, don't cut his dick off. Don't cut his dick off, dog. <laughs> dog. There you go. Uh, Planet Fitness, in response to that in their judgment-free zone, you know what they said? Bootsy, you're banned. You can't come back in here. Mm. So, whose side do you fall on in this altercation between Bootsy and Planet Fitness? Really, I'm... I'm on nobody's side in particular on this one. If you're, that's the perk of being a business owner. You can pretty much choose who you want to patron your business or who you don't want. And you can deal with the consequences if they come afterward, but you don't have to accept any damn body. If your name is on the front. Um, that's not true. So I will say, (laughs) I will say that Boosie is doing basically uh, what Pimp C would have done if Instagram existed in 05. Pimp C, this is exactly what he would have been. He'd have been bold, controversial, uh, entertaining, and that will... And spot on sometimes. Sometimes spot on, sometimes way off. Yeah. This will split people right down the middle. You're either going to offend half the people that you're that's watching, or you're going to make the other half laugh. And whichever side you fall on that is fine. I'm falling on the side that's laughing because right now it is funny for the simple fact that, like you said, I think that Boosie thought that being a transsexual meant that you were changing your sex physically. I don't think he knows that that means you're identifying as fair. No, it's fair, but it's fucking hilarious hilarious because I don't I never heard D Wade or anybody else mentioning taking it that far. He said he's going to identify as a girl. Right. So (laughs) don't cut his dick off, dog. That's. Bro, it's 12, funny, especially. It's funny, bro. So uh, yeah, I know that's your man. So I already know where you finna go with it. But I'm, I'm not on nobody's side. I'm voice. I'm always falling on the side of the First Amendment, being that I am a podcaster and I have the right to speak that's my right. mind. And I definitely don't want companies coming out and saying, "Well, if you do this, you can't come in here." Because I'm gonna say some wild shit on here at some point in time. Mm. With that being said. I, I don't I think that we get to a place in society where everybody wanna rush to judge and say that this person was wrong or right about what they said. 
and we get to a place where people are going to be afraid to speak their mind because they don't want to get canceled. They don't want the backlash. Another example of this, I would say, is Snoop and mm. Gail and the whole thing. Snoop was just speaking his mind. He was hurt. He was offended that she asked that question. And he should have the room to be hurt. And then he came back out and apologized, which is even better. You don't even have to do that. I think that we need to leave people the space to react still in 2020. We can't overreact to reactions. Let right. people get it off. Unless it's uber offensive like what you say and you just way out of line with some shit. You got to give people the space to react to what they see. And like just live a little bit. Enjoy. Quit trying to be so PC. So me, I appreciate the little Boosie in his rants. But I've always been a fan of his music. And if you do follow his music and him, he has always been an uh, uncandid guy. Like this is what made him popular and famous. Some the one-liners in his word, in his uh, music, the skits, things like that. That's what built Boosie up to this day. And I'm glad people are getting to experience that. I just hope that he didn't get to a point where he's canceled out. The Pimp C analogy was great. Mm -hmm. I think that's what hip-hop needs in 2020, someone that can speak their mind like that. Who's like? I don't think that he was speaking from a place of malice. He was showing genuine concern about the little boy getting his dick cut off. That's true. So, I, I like it, man, and I'm siding with Boosie. He knows what he's doing, man, and I'm, and I'm not mad at him. He's a personality now. And Facts. it's more entertaining to me than his music was. Yes. I wasn't that big of a fan. That's not this, true. No, nah, I wasn't that big of a fan at all. No, I'm saying it's more entertaining than his music. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely more. He got classics. Come on. <laughs> Boosie got classics. He got classic IG videos. That was a classic, classic IG video. Mixtapes. Classic. <laughs> nah, that shit was funny, man. And I get it. Look, if you if you think it's funny, I get it. If you're offended, okay, cool. I get that too. I'm just not easily offended. So it's funny to me. But mm. I'll be watching. Boosie is crazy. I don't want this to jeopardize things that he may have on deck in the future. Whatever that looks like. Boosie is his own boss. He got his own shit going on. So he may not give a shit. So he maybe don't. he doesn't need to be concerned about anything. He's been showing the workouts at his house. He got to, <laughs> he got to work out. He got the elliptical machine and shit in the crib. Now he's been showing and getting off. Real I quick, I seen Larry Johnson that used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, oh my God. His Please Twitter, don't bring his name. His Twitter feed is nuts. He's nuts. He said that Boosie and Planet Fitness collaborated yeah, this with this false flag scheme. instance uh, this false flag incident to market the trans agenda and planet fitness so he said this was all set up yeah cuz planet fitness thinks that Boosie is big enough to get them to that next level <laughs> Like did Boosie's the the guy that they're gonna go to 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 put this whole thing together? That's the face Larry of Johnson. Planet Fitness. Yeah, like we just the crowd that we needed in Planet Fitness. <laughs> Let's get Boosie to get them in here. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Larry Johnson, dude. Some niggas shouldn't have a Twitter dog. His reach game, CTE kicking his ass right man, now, man, bro. Like, oh <laughs> uh, man. Before we get to our guest, man, Juju McLean. Uh, let's talk about Eminem. Now, while speaking on Slaughterhouse's Crooked Eyes podcast, uh, called Crooked Corner. Crooked Eyes podcast. Yeah, he's on Slaughterhouse, though. Wow. Formerly. Um, Eminem was asked about Lord Jamar's Eminem's a guest in hip-hop culture comments. The Detroit MC admitted that he is, in fact, a guest in hip-hop. Do you believe Eminem is a guest in rap? Uh, I think Eminem has contributed enough to this culture to not be disrespected by Lord Jamar mm. and be called a guest as if it's a bad thing. We're all guests here. I think the contr contributions that he's made, whether it be Slaughterhouse, whether it be just that style of rap, the battle, the witty one-liners, Eminem opened doors for other people to be 
and do certain things. And there was a large fan base of people who related to what he was talking about. I may not have been one of them. Little Jamar may not have been one of them. Right. But the numbers showed that there were a lot of people out there who cared about what Eminem said and the commentary that he had on the game. So with that being said, of course, he's a guest, but he was a very well-respected guest. And Lord Jamar's a guest. We're all guests of this culture, and I think that we need to do the most to keep it going. Eminem did a very smart thing in response to this and not taking the bait and making this a me versus you, which Lord Jamar probably would have turned into you versus hip-hop. Of course. And I think the Eminem, being the smart guy that he is, didn't let didn't take that bait. So yeah, I, I think I think we're all guests, and I don't think it's as black and white as you know, literally as Lord Jamar is trying to make it. Mm-hmm. I don't think just because you're black, you're you're you own hip hop, and just because you're white, you're a guest. Uh, because there's black people in hip hop that are clowns and that are fucking people over that look like them and are not providing or um, any type of substance. To hip hop, there's clowns that look like Lord Jamar and me and you, but there's also people who are contributing. And so I think if you're a guest, if if you're a guest in someone's house, then you're treating it as it, with respect and dignity as if it was yours. And I think that's what Eminem does. Whether you like the music or not, that's all relative. It, it, it doesn't matter in in this instance. I don't like Lord Jamar music, but I wouldn't say he's not. He's a you know what I'm saying like oh nigga, you're not supposed to be here. You wouldn't disrespect because I don't listen to him. Place. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? So. I think he is hell-bent for some reason. I'm not 100% sure where this all started, but he's hell-bent on going at Eminem, and it's just, bro, you just you just howl at the moon, bro, when you can easily turn your attention to several other people who don't call themselves guests in hip-hop, but they're getting money and making checks off of it and don't give two shits about the culture. Like, you could easily go at them if you want, if you got time to do all this shit. Facts. So I just think he just, it's old, I don't get it. Yeah, he's made he this a, let it go. He, why is he, he's making this a thing with him versus Eminem. No, nobody like, cares. I have no idea why he's making this a thing. Nobody but. cares. He's a personality, he's on <laughs> Vlad. He has, actually, his, his Vlad interviews were pretty entertaining, actually, and I like some of the shit that he says. You the last nigga on Earth still watching Vlad. Vlad got some okay shit nowadays. No, no, he does not. <laughs> nah, but he got bro, Lord Jamar. Let this go, bro. We get it. You don't like Eminem music? That's fine. A lot of people don't. Just keep it moving, bro. It's it's not that deep. We're gonna keep it moving. We'll be right back after this. Holla, our boy Juju McLean. What's going on, good people? The On Deck TV Hip Hop Land. It's your boy Big Jeff from the Full Sport Press Podcast, featuring myself. J-Ho and Weezy each and every Monday. Once you finish this action-packed episode of the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast, make sure you check out FSP. Don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. Man, we are back. It's the On Deck TV Podcast. It's your man, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou. Man, I told you we had a special guest in the building that needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway, all right? We're talking to director of A&R at Platter Boys. All right, we got our guy Juju McLean in the building. What's good, sir? What's going what up, on? Though? Thank you for having me. Appreciate hey, man. you, man. We're glad you're coming through. We're going to touch on a few things, right? We're going to touch on what Platter Boys got cooking, what that is exactly, and okay. what they're doing right now. We're going to touch on everything. Danny Wolf, all the big things they're doing. I see you got the platinum certifications on the IG, all of that. But first things first, how was that Rock Nation brunch? Oh, the brunch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> is it everything that it looked like on um, on IG? Because it looked lit. So the brunch. So that was my second time going. The okay. second in a row. And it's got better. It's gotten better. Like, it's very rare that you see that much black excellence in mm-hmm. one place and they actually run that shit. Mm. So it's like when you see Jay-Z 
walk through and everybody's like, hey, bro, that's Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. Or you see Beyonce walk through and Beyonce, like, literally this is a, a room full of executives, the highest executives you can get to. Like, Robert Kraft was there this year mm-hmm. hanging out, just kicking it because that's why I want to meet great friends. So he was just kicking it. Robert Kraft didn't have security, but Beyonce walked through. She got two security guards beside her because, like, folks, you know, it's still Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you have, like, the heads of, of studios, movie studios there. Like, it's cool. It's a vibe. Like, did everybody you, getting drunk, having a good time. Did you eat? Man, what? The rumor is there's the no first food. Thing, the first, shit, thing, first, thing food food first thing I did when I got there, I had um Big I boy plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. First thing I had when I got there was some steak and eggs. Act like, like you're at the Rock Nation brunch. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had steak yourself. and eggs, and you know, they, pay, they hand you a little ace of spades when you walk in. Oh, mm. a, bar, a whole bottle? Are you nah, 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 nah. They hand you, so they hand you, um just hand you a glass of it and say, welcome to the brunch. Okay. Now, not fanning out or nothing like that, because I know you work with a lot of people. Who were you most excited to see in the two years that you've gone? Who was I most excited to see? Yeah, like who would you so see? So crazy like, oh, enough. Oh, shit. Besides my, Jay-Z. No, my, my business course. partner, Marlon, um, mm-hmm. I took a picture. I took one of the last pictures of Nipsey mm-hmm. in that burgundy suit. And yeah. that shit, like, it's, it's like really, like, every time I, I think of it, the brunch, yeah. that's one of the one of my realest realizations I have. Like, damn, How'd I've that seen come about? The picture? I, yeah. So Marlon, like, is a diehard Nipsey fan. Right. Like, Die hard, like got him through school. When he dropped out, like literally, it, that was his guy. That's his guy, right? Yeah. So I had seen, I had seen Nipsey after the brunch, but it was important at the brunch because we we ran into him, and it was him and Lauren. They were just kicking it, and he was like, "Mom was like, yo, like my man, like your mixtapes got me through a lot of shit, bro." <laughs> and like they they chopped it up for a second, really. And Nipsey was like, "Yo, let's take a picture." Nipsey, Marlon didn't ask. Nipsey was like, "Let's take a picture." So he was just a real stand up nigga, and that shit, like, yeah. so. That was one that I was like, that's a, a memorable moment. And then, like, this is the first year time I seen Rihanna there. Rihanna mm, wasn't there nah, last year. Man. So mm. she was there this year. Jeez. In part, uh, did you get that picture? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I had behind her with the camera. They put you <laughs> Nah, out. so funny enough, like, it's funny as hell because I had a picture that went viral. I was standing drinking a drink, and one of the homies that's a, um, a stylist, he took a picture of me. And I, while I was drinking, she was in my background. Oh, mm. shit. So... It wasn't intended for her to be in my background. She was yeah, just happened to be in the background. But I had, I was standing there like at the brunch. Like everybody just moves around freely. Like you, you go to they have several bars. They got several different playstations to get food. Like just different vibes going on. People having conversations. Mm. Um, so I'm standing in a in a spot, and I just left the bar, and this big motherfucker bumps me, and I'm like, Yo, what the fuck? I yeah. look up, and it's a big ass security guard. I was like. Okay, my man. I ain't mean, I ain't you mean, got it. Mean yeah, push yeah. up on you because ain't nobody ever like normally. You right. know, you can move around freely, and I look. Right, like he moves out the way, and Rihanna's standing like this. We like here, mm. and I was like, "Damn, you look good." <laughs> and I like when I said that, like Marlon, like was I was right like, there. "Okay, this is the point. Get the picture, my nigga. This, this, this is the he was asleep. He was nigga wasn't even right there. Ah. They was they were on the other side. So like it's like this big ass section in the middle with like flowers and like all these cool decorations and shit. Yeah. He was on the other side of shit talking, having a full conversation. I was you like, "You gotta nigga, remind that nigga that forever." Hey, man. Yeah, bro, and I was like, "You didn't get that picture." Yeah, one job when we had the brunch. Nah, it was all good though because Beyonce posted me the first year, so I ain't need nice. tripping. That's sweet. That's, really that's, that's dope, man. All right, now let's get to some business, man. Platter Boys. What exactly is that for the people that don't know? So Platter Boys is a full service artist management, and we have a new joint venture with Equity. Uh, where we are dis- distributing their music as well as artist development. Okay, cool. So let me ask you before even the Rock Nation brunch, brunch and Platter Boys, how'd you get into the position to be doing this? Shit, man, I thugged it out. 
Really? Was, so let me <laughs> let me refocus the question. Was that your intention to be here when you started, or were you going coming in to do something else? I mean, my intention when I started was I wanted to. I knew that I wanted to be an A and R and a manager. You knew what an A and R was. Mm. I knew what an A and R was. Really? I've known what an A and R was since I used to like make. Weak ass mixtapes back in the day, like of all old school hits from mom and family. What members. year we talk about? Shit, man. When LimeWire and BearShare, we used to crash computers. Mm. So 2007, 2008. Okay. Yeah. You used to print the mixtapes. Oh, I used to print download, the mixtapes. My, my mom used to like, shit. another fucking FireWire going down. Like, it was it was crazy. <laughs> but so, nah, I knew that I wanted to, like, I never wanted to be an artist. Like, okay. that shit's not just my style. Like, I don't like to be in front of the camera and all that and right. doing, feel like it's too much going on for me. So, like I knew I always wanted to be an A and R, dibbling, dabbling, DJing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I knew that behind every artist, somebody has to develop their brand. Somebody has to be putting together the the dope shit that they're doing. Because artists, like working with an artist, you or seeing an artist, right. a lot of guys are only just creative. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to do cre- business. Business. Part. They don't know how to do business creative. And like my thing was, I've always I've always loved business. I've I've had businesses since I was small. Mm-hmm. A child, so my thing was I want to create the be the business creator for an artist, okay, and create their brand and, and take take this shit forward. Talk about That's the right. business mind when you're young. Like, give me an example of what, man. I had a lawnmower business when I was. I used to cut grass. Like, I was. From? I'm from North Carolina originally. Uh, I'm from Raleigh, but I mean, I've been here for like I've been in Atlanta since 2000 and. Three, okay. okay. So, so you was cutting grass in Raleigh, though. I was cutting, I was cutting grass in Raleigh. I was gotcha. like, so I see the way you started the business. I used to cut all the family. I used to be like, yo, you need your grass cut. I'm pulling up. <laughs> I I charge you twenty five. Mm-hmm. If I got to pull a weed eater and a, and a um blower out, on, and I got to bag the shit up, 40. it's forty. It's yeah. a forty. And it was like, okay, we respect the hustle. So then my my pops had went and got me my stepdad. He went and got me a um. Bro, I thought I was in the game. He went and got me a weed eater with that. Didn't, you didn't have to change the strings out, so I, you can cut more mm. quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, it. yeah, so I started doing that. So then the business really took off when my dad used to be a district manager for Waffle House. Okay. So he, when you're a district manager, you get all these different stores. And they had a they had a guy who had a contract who was cutting the grass. Mm. But the dude who had the contract, he was charging too much. And I was only, at the time, I was only 15. So I was like, shit, I'll cut the grass. I'll cut it for half the price. Like At the time, it was like... For each each store, you get like three fifty a store to cut it. Oh, word. And I was like, nigga, I cut the grass. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> so I was cutting four stores a week, like in high school. So Eating. like, so it's funny because I got kicked out of work study for it because they was, she was like, that's not a real job. I was like, bitch, I'm making that's more than everybody in this class is making. How is it not a real job? Right? So, but I used to blow that money on sneakers and shit. Uh, like I was, <laughs> I was that kid. What's your favorite pair of sneakers you bought with that money? <laughs> Ooh, today, uh, man. To I this sold day. them and I'm you know sick. What it is, what it I'm is. sold them. I'm sick. I bought the Yeezy, the Zen Yeezys. Really? And you I sold them? I, I, bro, I didn't know them, but I was a broke college student when I sold them. Nah, I get it. I, I didn't know it. no better. I don't even know what that now is. That I, now that I think back, it's the original Nike Yeezy. Yeah, it's the ones, right? I, I was about to say, bro. <laughs> when I say sick, damn, bro. Sick? I'm like. Them Grails, bro. Bro. And I sold them for a crackhead price, so I don't even need to talk about that shit. Shit, we got to keep it moving. We need to talk about that one. So you in in high school, you got. A pocket full of money, you're making mixtapes, right? Yes. And you know that you wanted to be an A&R. Most people just hear that word, like A&R. Well, A&R. in high school, actually, so in high school, I, like, bro, I played sports. Like, I was all-state football. So, okay. like, what position I, have, you play? I played running back and slot receiver. Okay. I ended up going to Morehouse and playing football. Because I went to the homecoming. Morehouse got a football team? Bro, so I'm let me tell you why. You. Hold on. <laughs> so, this is the fucked up part. So, I had all these scholarships, right? And I was all set to go, in, to, go to UNC. Like, UNC was my top pick. I was like, I'm going What year to- was this? 
This was 2010. Okay. I was like, I'm going to UNC. Like, they offered me the scholarship. I'm going. Man, I, I went to Morehouse for homecoming. Because my, my, trainer, my trainer at the time, my trainer, he went to Clark. So he was like, yo, like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is HBCU Morehouse. And I was like, Morehouse? I heard that Martin Luther King went there. I heard, like, I was like, oh, it's prestigious. Like, because I had visited Harvard, too. Right. So like, because I, I was kind of smart. Smart. I graduated smart, with 3.7, something okay. like that. And I played sports. So, you know, a black man yeah. with a high GPA. No, nah, they going to take that. They yeah, was, yeah. And then my cousin was playing at Harvard at the time. So, like, they started looking at me. You picked Morehouse over Harvard? So, I'll tell you about the Harvard visit. <laughs> So I go to the homecoming. When I go to the homecoming, I was like, yo, I've never seen this many beautiful black women in my fucking life. Yeah, that's a fact. This shit is lit. My um my tour guide at the time was John Washington, which is Denzel's son. Oh shit. That was my tour guide. And then like the nigga to play in ballers? Yeah. He was yeah. he was a running back in Morehouse. Huh. So that was my he was my host for the weekend. Word. And bro, that shit was we went to the strip club. Like I'm pretty oh, sure I can't talk about this shit, but we went to the strip club, all that shit. <laughs> That, that shit was, was lit as fuck And I was like bro I'm going to Morehouse Bro cause I had did all those other visits I was like bro this shit All these white people looking at me crazy Yeah I gotta come here at like They talking about 3 o'clock workouts Man, Fuck all that I'm yeah. trying to I see all this Let's do it Yeah 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 for sure So then You know God always has a plan for you Yeah <laughs> um, I actually went to Morehouse And I played football for one year And I broke my ankle mm, And damn. after I broke my ankle They took my scholarship They broke They broke it in half Took it and I was like, all right, I got to figure this shit out. But I knew that music in the background, like, at the time I started managing an artist. Mm. And literally, he was like, yo, like, I, like, let's do this shit for real. Um, so that's when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this music shit. And at the time, I also met my mentor, who now I, I have the company Platter Boys with. Okay. Nice. So Word. everything came full circle for me. So that's you wild. met him in college. Okay. Cool. I met him in college. So it, it was between, you was about to go to UNC? Yes. UNC, How you feel about that UNC Harvard, Duke game the other day? Man, I'm Boy. six. I'm a, I'm a, my dad, so my dad is a diehard Duke fan. I'm a mm. diehard UNC nah, fan. So too. I be talking, sh- like we talk shit, like doing. Yeah, I'm sorry this shit though. Man, we trash. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. Like we might not, we might not go 500. I'm not gonna lie to you. We not 500 right now. We 10 to 13, like 10 to 14 right now, something like that. And it's like it's it's pathetic to look at. But next year we got like five top 20 players coming in. So I ain't, you know. It's always it's, next year. It's over for Roy. And let's not forget, we won, a, we won a national championship two years ago. So. True. Y'all might need a new coach. Nah, nah, Roy. Saying. The gym Roy is named after him. Might he ain't going nowhere. Old, the gym is named after him. He's not going nowhere. So, a lot of people's stories started in Atlanta, like you say, man. It's the, what's the nightlife, the strip club, the city, so the I used black people. I threw parties people. in college. I threw parties. Mm, okay. cool. I threw parties. Um, I threw parties. And I used to um, promote concerts for Muddy Water. Um, Richard Dunn We used to do um, Like I remember the first The biggest concert We did at the time Was The weekend, Weekend's first show oh, At word. the Fox here And I thought I was that nigga We didn't get paid shit But I had free tickets yeah, So you know With free tickets to the weekend yeah, Shit yeah, that shit was it. Easy money Run it You then can parlay I, that Into some shit I used to do um, Big Sean's uh, I used to put up posters For Big Sean in college because at the time, Mike Brinkley, my mentor, was managing Big Shine. Okay. Mm. So I used to put up his posters and do his stuff for his tour. So, like, I had tickets to all the shows and shit like that. So it was perks to not to being a broke yeah. intern. <laughs> so you had a front row seat to what it was like managing somebody, you know what I'm saying, that was – was this good music deal, Big Sean, or a little bit before, a little bit after? This is – so my, so history of Mike, Mike started Big Sean's career. Like, this is – he's the one who introduced Sean to Kanye. Oh, sure. And okay. then, like – that whole broke that entire process and then post Sean at Rock Nation. Oh, word. Shout out to Mike. Mike's senior vice president of Rock Nation now. So oh, man. shit. All right. Okay. That's what's up. That is have him here next. <laughs> we need that interview next. But so you start in college throwing parties, you're doing concerts, you're being around more artists. 
when do you decide to put Platter Boys into like the plan, write down, saying like, hey, this is what I want to do? So Platter Boys didn't come about until this last last two years. Okay. So there's a whole backstory before Platter Boys. Like I, originally it was on the brink music, and we were um, that's the company Mike had started, mm-hmm. and I was a young manager to be like thinking I knew everything. Manage artists. Yeah. Okay. And like. Don't get me wrong. I was doing. I was doing okay. Like we weren't making, sh- barely making, getting by. But like, I was always a hustler. Like I told you, like I've always had a business mindset. So during that during that time frame, we were on the brink music. Mike was still managing Big Sean. He was still managing Key Wayne. Mm-hmm. So I was learning the business of music at the time. But I also my side hustle was I started silent parties in Atlanta. So oh, the headphone word. parties, I I brought those to Atlanta and like re- really That's just good. took it to a different place here. Yeah. Wow. And then like I was doing. Three to four parties a month and making like 10 grand, 10, 15 grand. What wow. were you studying in college? Business marketing. Okay, perfect. I was studying, I was studying business marketing and sociology. And eventually, I, I the marketing, I was like, bro, I really know half this you know shit. This already, so I, yeah. I went to psychology and sociology because I was like, okay, I need to start understanding how to, why these people think the way they think and why, why artists are moving the way they're moving. Mm. So that works. Hold on. So the psychology aspect of it. You you put that to use when you're kind of talking to the artists. And you oh, for sure. Work. So I think, like, the biggest thing now with where I am now and being an A&R and doing different things on projects, like, I, I can sit down and talk to artists and understand where they are. Like, just, just I, learn, I understand perspective now. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing with putting together a great project, like, you hear projects that are amazing, it's the perspective of the artists. They actually connect. And a lot of people don't understand how to make a record connect because they don't know how to create perspective or they don't know how to create just the overall – a feel for a project. Mm. So talk about that creating perspective. Like, what do you mean? So like, I'm not the A and R that's gonna walk in and be like, all right, let me start playing some beats. Right. Like, I legit like I like to hang out with the artists. I like to like literally sit there and figure out like what you want like, to see the world through their eyes. Yeah, let's talk about like how you've been the last year of your life. Like, okay. like what's going on? Like, is there anything that that is touchy? It's a touchy subject. Like, and then you want the album to reflect that. Exactly. Hmm. That's interesting. Because now you create now you're creating pieces that become timeless, and you create. A perspective project So like I learned that And I had I got pieces of that From working with Saha the Prince Early on I was mm. just about to t- Ask you for an example Of a project That, that you thought Black was like. I did Black History Project too Okay oh, Perfect And example. I did um, Saving Yusuf for Stally okay. okay Okay I like those well, How was Especially it working with Saha <laughs> <laughs> He's like an interesting cat Saha is for sure Interesting <laughs> individual Like <laughs> What does that mean Why y'all say No, nah, I mean he just he's, he he's, seems like he has an opinion Saha is mean, like weirdo? Kanye he seems point, like a weirdo Kanye yeah. 2.0 There we go He's weirdo. Kanye 2.0 Like yes like, yeah, yeah. He's you know He's Saha like, like you have to experience it To understand it What's a funny Saha story Man Saha got his band from um, we, They had to change the rules At uh, Midtown Athletic Club Because of Saha <laughs> Talk about it. We used to play, we used to go hoop up there, right? So Midtime Athletic Club, if anybody ever been there, this shit was more lit than Lifetime Fitness. Lifetime Fitness is like this overrated brand. Like, it's it's cool, it's overpriced, it's cool. Midtime Athletic, used to be Windy Hill Athletic Club, um, is a private club over off um, Kyle Parkway. Okay. And, or it's on Windy Hill. Exactly. And we used to go up there 15, 20 deep. Like, we would come up there and have... People come in town, be like, hey, let's go pull up and hoop. So we used to hoop with like Bobby Valentino, my <laughs> nigga who played um, Biggie and Notorious. Yeah. You hoop with him. Oh, yeah, Jamal. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, whatever. Gravy. We used to hoop with yeah. like, it'd be a bunch of us hooping. A couple ex. Um, Cam. Yeah, Cam. Like, it'd be like Stally come up there who, like, it'd be like a bunch of like artists and then athletes, the Atlanta Falcons cheerleaders practice there. So it was like some cool shit. Yeah, a bit shaking. So we used to go there 
And Saha used to argue. Like, this nigga likes to argue. Kobe Clearly. Bryant was his favorite art, favorite, his favorite uh, hooper. Okay. He thought he was Kobe Bryant. And then he liked to argue and cuss the entire time. It's crazy. So we'd be in there 15, 20 deep. Mind you, it's a white people club. Right. Man, they like, look, man. So they changed the rules to now you had to, because it was only like two people that were actually members there when we were going, (laughs) which was Mike, Mike, and then I eventually became a member. And then Saha eventually became a member. But at the time, man, we just pull up 15, 20 people deep. And just walk in. And we just walk in and go hoop and just take <laughs> over the gym and just hoop. Some nigga shit. Man, they were like, they changed the rules to like, if you come as a visitor, you can only come twice now. Nah. Uh, slick with it. You can only slick. come twice. They said, um, now they, like, in order to break it up, they see a lot of people coming up. There's a sign sign-in board that they actually have somebody come monitor the sign-in board to see who's playing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, bro. Wow. So like, all the rules changed. I was like, damn, bro. So Saha got his band from Windy Hill Athletic. How did you link up with him to begin with? Mike Brinkley was managing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So who Mike managed now? So Mike is with Meek Mill. Okay. Uh, Yo Gotti. Right, um, nice. Lil Uzi. <clears throat> uh, Leash Keys. Full plate. God damn. Yeah, dude. I mean, Jesus. Platter Boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, it's real. Hey, now I know you also A and R with uh, Danny Wolf. Yes. Right, well, I manage Danny Wolf. Oh, you okay? I manage Danny Wolf now. So, mm-hmm. what's when you talk about working with an artist and making sure that their music is connecting with the public? How do you kind of get that message through with a producer and his, his production? So, the interesting thing about producers, like producers, I very, I'm very selective with the producers I even work with because my thing is I shouldn't out, have to outwork you. Mm-hmm. And the thing about when I started working with Danny, like Danny was the person I had to be like, all right, slow down. Gotcha. And telling somebody to slow down is the hardest shit in the world, especially if they are like creative. Creative. Yeah. But he's a like he knows he was already ten steps ahead of where I wanted where I seen him going. Mm. So like it was an easy it was an easy situation. Like Danny is like he's hella talented. He's Young hella talented. Too. And he understands the idea of like a lot of producers don't understand the idea of collaborating. And Danny if there's a place where he was lacking in as a producer, he would find other producers that were strong in those areas and actually put the, give them a platform to to actually have a chance. Mm. And so, like, there's shit. You you go down the line of of the producers he's collaborated with on these on some big records and shit. They are like, yo, anything you need, Danny, I got you, gotcha. I got you. So like for him, it wasn't hard to connect because he's a He's a people person. He only works with certain artists that he wants to work with. Mm-hmm. Like he's not the artist producer that's gonna be like, I'm gonna load everybody up with beats. Nah, there's like legit. You have to either know him or you have to like. It got to be like some cool shit that we can we can do. Yeah. So what's your role in it then? Are are you looking for artists to link him up with? You looking for producers? To link I mean, him always, up with? always. Like, like he's so even now where we the space we are in now. Like Danny is, is establishing his own label, his own situation where he's developing artists. He's um like. One of the first artists he started establishing was Lil Tecca. Okay. And now Lil Tecca is who yeah, Lil took Tecca off. is. Yeah. So, like, he, like, he's still in that place now where he's finding artists and working with. So there's a lot of new artists that he's working with now that are super, super dope. Okay. So how do you go back and forth from being an A&R to a manager? Like, how do you... Oh, it's easy. I, I mean, I, it's the music. Like, the, I love the music. I love the, the aspect of some days, like, it's very, like, I just had to learn how to... You take one day, Monday. Not even that. Not even that. Tuesday. I think my time, my time management skills are different now. Like now, mm-hmm. like because even now, like I'm on a, I'm working on a whole three, six, seven different projects right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so I got a better question for you, then. What's your focus when you're in A and R, and what's your focus when you're managing? So, 
if I my fo- if I'm A and R at the time, like if I'm working with a particular artist, mm-hmm. like my focus is that artist. Like I'm not worried about like the project, what they're doing. Yeah, I'm only worried like I literally have to. You have to be in that moment because if you're not in that moment, like it'll never connect. Like you almost got to think, how do I recreate a moment that I can stay in? So like I can't create a moment if I'm not there with you. Mm-hmm. If I'm not if I'm not paying attention, if I'm not if I'm like focused on ten other things I got to do, I can't create that moment for you. So like when I'm when I'm there, I'm there locked in. So but now like. My days are my days are longer. My nights are shorter. Like I, I sleep less, and cause like right now I go I'm going home and reading the script. You're preaching something mm. wild, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, exactly what you mean. Reading the script for who? You got an artist that's thinking nah, about so, acting. So I'm not even supposed to really talk on it, oh, okay. but like I'm I'm going into a new, uh, different direction for some things. Some things I'm doing some mm-hmm. music supervision stuff. So. Nice. So music cool. Supervision. Okay. What does so, that mean? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. What does it mean when you say y'all handle music distribution? So we are able, we actually have the capacity now through uh, Equity to distribute music. So the same way you were going to DistroKid, CD Baby, or uh, Empire, we can distribute it ourselves through our our, um, our handle, Rock or Platter Boys, and it'll be under Equity. Hmm. So Equity is Equity is the is the distribution company under Rock Nation. Hmm. So literally, you're in, now you're in the you're in the system of Rock Nation system. So what, what? Tell me the benefits of that for. I mean, I mean, the benefits of it are like, a you have you going to the Rock Nation brunch. Not even that, like you, everybody. I'm not gonna say anybody can go get a distribution company, but like by us having a distribution through a major, we now have the ability to say, okay, cool, we can use the assets of equity. We can say, okay, if we need a marketing team, we can t- tap into that marketing team for for your things. We can tap in. We have resources, resources. now, outside resources to tap into. Gotcha. So even even though there are no physical copies and actual distribution, those things are still important with streaming. Oh man, shit! I wouldn't even put out a record unless I had something like if there's there's so many um, components. We were talking about this in the hallway. There's so many components to putting out a record now. Like you have to have Social if you spend media. if you spend five thousand dollars on making a record, why would you not spend the same thing on marketing the record? Mm. Right. What's some of the biggest mistakes that artists make right now when it comes to marketing? Um, stopping. Mm. What do you mean? So I read I read an article the other day, um, the genius mind of Lil, the genius um, marketing of Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. and that little nigga is a genius. Mm-hmm. I have to give him credit; he is a genius. If you please explain. So Lil Nas X, the uh, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X, he built his demographic based on Twitter. Right. His demographic was built on Twitter. He was a funny motherfucker on Twitter, like yeah, funny as hell. Still funny. Yeah. So. He realized what well, when putting out music, like people were more inclined to look, look at his comedy and look at his music. So he started partnering his his music with memes, and we started partnering his music with memes. He reached out to a he had found a video of a, a cowboy riding on a horse standing up, and the dude happened to be going viral, but he needed a song to put on the the record. So Lil Nas X was like, "Yo, you should add this song to your, the record." The dude oh, yes. tweeted it. Right. Dude put it out And literally That's that when it took off added, No that added legs So he was doing The same thing Like going across the board And just reaching out To different people Who were in his his realm And they were actually Adding value to the record Without even him Putting any money behind it mm. So Just shit. using social media Exactly and People's influence He actually used Social media to his advantage So Nah Okay but, that was genius I'd give him Nah like, he, like His whole rollout Like literally It showed from start to finish And he said where the record was gonna go. So, who are mm-hmm. some other? What are some other rollouts that you admire? Speaking of that one, like maybe Beyonce when she dropped out of the blue that time. What are some other innovative? I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce. Like Beyonce can drop. She can do that I, I hate, So the biggest thing, like my biggest turnoff with artists now, is when they feel like they can just say, "Oh, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and drop a record." 
Mm. The fuck you mean you just gonna wake up tomorrow and drop the record? Like, nigga, you're not who Beyonce. Do you, you're not Drake, nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right, right, right. In right. all honesty, you're not. So, right. like, like, so, so, I think that people who have gotten it right and it's dope to see it. Like Travis Scott, Travis Scott just not gonna drop a record. His rollouts are crazy. Like everybody yeah. can't make an Astro World, Astro World, but you can, and shit. but you can be creative and say, okay, people are foreshadowing where their where their projects can be. So like you look at a little Nas X and seeing where he's like, yo, my record can be here. He was performing on the Grammys. Yeah, he performed that like that record came out a year, two years ago. He performed on the Grammys this year. Right. Yep. So like. For him to say, okay, how do I get to a Grammy place? Artists look at it and say, how do I get this record to get to that place? People never have projections of where they want to see that record. There's, or there's never a realistic expectation for that record. Nice. So a lot of people don't set like like checkpoints and say, okay, if I get to 100,000 mark, this is what I got to do to get to um, a million. Yep. This is what I got to do to get to 100 million. Yep. Like people don't set those checkpoints because now the content is becoming so like, if it's not quality content, mm-hmm. literally you hear it today, you won't care about the record again until you hear it. Disposable, yeah. exactly. Okay. But then I can go back and listen to damn Sizzle Control several mm-hmm. times, and it be fire. Still be f- the same fire she put out. Yep, facts. Yep. What's the um? Speaking of future goals, what's the next? What's the five ten year plan for Platter Boys? Um, man, right now we are we are in the process of, of solidifying or turning up a lot of the. We got a lot of cool artists about to come out. Okay. And or that are out right now and then production wise like we're working on shit a lot of extremely fire albums like that I am extremely proud of. <laughs> so if, if 5 to 10 years I see Platter Boys going to <sighs> it's scary to even yeah. think about it cuz like even to think about where we are today I knew we could get here but I never knew the path it would take to get here. So the guys that like all the guys like for instance um I got some guys right now that are, um Carrington is hers um MD, her music director. So he handles all hers sound and her road show. Okay. Make sure all that's dope. He's a platter boy. He's one of the creators with us, Platter Boys. Um Jason is her pro he's hers programmer. He programs the show. Mm. Um I said Marlon, Marlon, my business partner, he's also an amazing writer. He wrote Dage Loaf records. He wrote he's has a all his own thing going on with Tiana Taylor with mm-hmm. a bunch of different situations. Um, of course, Mike at Rock Nation. So, like, I think we all bring something so crazy to the table that literally in the next 10 years, I mean, I, I can see us putting out movies. I can see us mm-hmm. doing sports. Like, we've already dabbled in sports. Like, sky's the limit. Sway. <laughs> 2020, what can we look forward to? Who are some of the artists that we need to be checking for? 2020. Um... Whew. So I got these these new guys that are that are dope. Uh the Rage Twins. They are uh Ricky Bands and Brylin Kerr. They're extremely dope. Rage Twins. Yes. Okay. They are like literally the I don't know, it's 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 always been hard for me to capture, recapture the essence of Edgewood when it what it was. Mm. When you had the two nine, the key, mm. um OG Mako, you had that whole little squad, that energy. But I found them, and they they are encompassing that energy. Like, these kids are doing their own parties called Studio 37, and they've done over 100,000 kids in the last 10 months coming to their parties. But it's, yeah, out here. But literally, they've they've done that, cultivated that that same energy that Edgewood had, and they've been moving it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's been moving around. So, like, I'm really excited to see what they have coming up. Um... Who your favorite artist from North Carolina? My favorite. <laughs> it's only two. Nah, Pete Pablo. 
the baby's from North Carolina. Oh, that's right. The yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. J. Cole. J. Cole. Uh, Raps. I mean, for me. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I just, my bad, North Carolina. I just played. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely more than two. Right my bad. Uh, my bad. brother. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Man, like I got. Um, for me, that's tough. Because when you say favorite, I have favorite for different reasons. Like, just name it. Lyrically, it would be J. Cole. Okay. But mm-hmm. doing the doing the, this stuff properly, like doing this the right way. Is the baby like sure. that nigga understands it? You're a fan of the business. I'm understand. I'm a fan. Like he 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 literally got his opportunity, and he's like, look, there's nothing you're gonna tell me I can't do that I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it before you even ask me to do it, and I'm gonna do it with like nigga. I don't want to go back to where I used to be. Yep. So he's 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 collecting all the bags, even though he keep making the same song. I agree. That, that's a I mean, if people you, are overstating that. He keeps about to, but the thing is, song. the thing is, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's one that's thing. Fair. If and it ain't broke, no fix it. keep you high for like a year, right? There's enough difference. No, I mean, you got to so, strike when so you got to also understand, too, like, with artists, like, you, every artist only, only, is only going to have a hot six months. A okay. hot six months to a year. If you're lucky. Right? If you're lucky. Right. But the funny thing is, after that hot six months to a year, they might not be in a limelight as much, but they, they're, they're still on the hot street because now... They torn. No, now they're going through the corporate brand stage, where okay. now they're 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 getting put on by the by the brands, like they're doing the, Doritos commercials, yeah, exactly. Shit. So like they're doing stuff where it's the bag is ten times bigger, less people. Mm-hmm. Sh- shit, I like the odds. Yeah, I ain't mad at the odds. So at all. like, I think he's doing it right. Like. Biggest thing is legal stuff for him, but other than that, like <laughs> shit, he doing it right. Those stopping them Doritos commercials, you're right about that. I mean, shit, if it's not Doritos, I'll take a uh, Frito Lace. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> shit, loads of check clear. Before Thanks. we get out of here, man, let the people listening know that are looking for representation. They may be, we got independent artists that listen, we got producers that listen. What do they need to be working on to either catch the eye of someone to represent or what should they be looking for in a good A&R? So the big thing is to have, A, if you're looking for a manager, have something to manage. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't be like, yeah, I need a manager. But then you want a manager because you want somebody to go work for you. Gotcha. Your manager's not intended to work. They're supposed to work for you, but they're, they're working for you, progressing what you already have going on. They're complimenting you. Yeah, exactly. I can't, like, literally, I'm not going to, I can't put ketchup on a bun with no no. Burger on there, I can't do it. Call it a sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I'm eating a ketchup sandwich. Like, we, this shit is not fulfilling. Right. right. So understand that this is it is a business too. So like the biggest thing too, um, I see a lot of producers that are established that don't have their business together. Like mm-hmm. when I talk about business, the publishing, they don't understand. They don't even understand the, the basis of publishing or even how to if their records are registered properly. So you might have an artist with a, a producer or artist whatever with a record that's over a couple hundred million. And the splits are fucked up on it. So nobody's getting paid except for that one person who got their splits right. Mm. And then when you try to change it, now there's a hole so nobody can get paid. Mm. So understanding the business, like being young, learn the business early. Because you hate to make those mistakes when it's it's cool to make that mistake for $10. But it's hard to make that mistake for $10,000 or 100000 How do you suggest they prepare themselves? Like YouTube, talking to people? Oh, man, YouTube, YouTube, and hit the streets, man. Like literally, like when I when I was trying to figure this shit out. I was at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I was at like I was skipping spring breaks to go to South by. I was skipping spring breaks to go to if there's a if there's a panel or something within driving range or with that I can get to and I can Network. afford to do it. Get there, learn, meet, Talk find a mentor. Me. Like right. I have I have a mentor. So everybody like find a mentor and find somebody that that find somebody that's not gonna steer you wrong mm. and that's gonna always keep it real with you because like. What you don't want to have is somebody to always tell you you dope and nobody ever tell you you trash. Because the person that don't tell you you trash, or the person that does tell you trash is actually the person that's been honest. Because it'll gas you up to be better. 
That's true. That's a fact. Good one to end on. Hey man, where can they find you on social media, bro? Um, I'm on everything at Juju underscore A N R. Juju underscore A letter N and R. Yes. Man, there it is. Hey, good luck to Platter Boys and everything y'all boys got doing this year. Uh we're gonna be keeping an eye on y'all, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, y'all gonna take to off. More. Thank you. Platter boys up here. Get some good guys up Thank here. Thank you. Talk For to sure. them too, man. For sure. Absolutely, Appreciate man. Appreciate you stopping by. Hey man, y'all don't go nowhere, man. On deck, we'll be right back. Hey, what's good, people? It's your man Animal Brown checking in from the On Deck TV podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash realville and check out the latest album review that we've got up. All right. This week is Yo Gotti's Untrapped album. Me and Lou chopping it up, rate, reviewing, debating, discussing Yo Gotti's latest project. Hit that link in the description, man, and go subscribe. Man, we are back. See you on the TV podcast. Holler at your boy, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou. Man, shout out to Juju McLean, man. Listen, nah, I, I need to go to that Rock Nation brunch. I said he, he said it was cool. It still looks amazing. I got to go. I'm in there. Y'all make sure y'all catch up on what Platter Boys is doing out here in these I'm streets. I'm in there like swim well, my nigga. Yeah, Look. I got to get it. <laughs> oh, man. Shit. Got the corona. Ah. Uh, <laughs> We handed out wins and losses, man. Handing out a big old W to Birdman. Brand new docuseries, new cash order, now playing on Spotify. What do you think? Yeah, I'm all in. Uh, it's a, I think it's a four-part series on Spotify, but it's video, though. So it's not just audio. I'm here <clears> for it. It talks about how him and Slim came up and what they got going on now. Anytime there's a cash money documentary, I'm here for them big fans. Fool me once, nigga. Shame on you. How's that saying go? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, Fool shame me twice. On me. Whatever George Bush said on the 2014. Uh, I remember they tried to get this off with Apple, and they did their whole Birdman documentary, and only one part ever came out. Yeah, that was trash. And it was trash. That was trash. Not letting them fool me again. I am not here for that. Uh, that handing trash. out a big L to Paul Rosenberg mm. stepping oh. down as the Def Jam CEO after only two years. Yeah, that we looked at that crazy when it happened. We were like, huh? This must be a ploy just to get M on Def Jam. Mm. He didn't even do that. <laughs> so I'm, this is a fail. I ain't going to lie. I'm disagreeing with you. This is mm. a W for Paul Rosenberg. You get a big dog job. Okay. You don't do shit for two years. <laughs> get a big boy check, and you hire all your friends <laughs> to contribute to you not doing shit while you spending the company money. It's a W. Dev Jam is, bro. I don't know what they got to get it together, dude, because they losing that cachet. Who would you hire as the new CEO of Dev Jam? Man, somebody with some fucking that's gonna get shit done. Put a name out there. Like if ideal in a dream world, who would you like to see? Shit, Russ. Russ, who? <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. Russell I like Simmons. Russ. Oh, Russell Simmons. Yeah, I, I no, no, not Russ, Russ, the artist. Russ. That's funny you too. Got to be clear. I like Russ now though. He he grew on. You sure liked him before when he beat up uh, Smoke Perman. Now I liked his explanation. That his explanation was hilarious. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, and, and it was like, factual. How you gonna diss a nigga? Not like when I walk up to you and you've dissed me, expect to get hit in the mouth. <laughs> What are we discussing, dude? There are no more. Did you diss me? Yes. Hit in the mouth. I fuck with Russ for that. That was real. But no, not Russ, but Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons. Because uh, he'll get shit done. I heard an interesting one on the Joe Budden podcast. Shout Who out that? to Joe. Kanye, Never heard of it. Kanye West. Oh, hell no. Kanye West couldn't run Def Jam? He can't run good music. That's true. Yeah, no. Nah, that's my guy. He, he changed his mind too much. He too indecisive, bro. What about DJ Khaled? Because at the end of the day, if you're an artist and you go to Def Jam, don't you want somebody in that seat like when Jay was there? 
I want somebody who's going to promote my shit, and DJ Khaled will do that, and he'll make it sound amazing, and he'll big up, and he'll sell it. You need somebody that's first. You need people that you can sell, and you need somebody in that seat who can sell it, like a puff. But I mean, obviously, he's got you his know, own situation. Everybody on Def Jam has gotten like Big Sean, Two Chains, Jada Kiss, all those people on Def Jam. They did their own shit, right? Like, what is Def Jam even came out with anyway in the last two years? I don't understand. It's quiet. Oh, uh, Ross. That was quiet. Jason versus Freddie. Even quieter. Two chains rapper go to the league. LeBron saved it. LeBron definitely did save it. Yeah, man, it was rough. Paul just did this. He 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 does what white people do. He went and colonized Def Jam. <laughs> <laughs> he went and raped it for everything it was worth. Got all his friends' jobs and now I'm out. Produces <laughs> Big L to Buffalo Wild Wings and the Boneless Thugs in Harmony. What a swing and a miss, the whiff. Shout out to my boy DP. Uh, a big L to Buffalo Wild Wings, man, for this boneless thugs and harmony stint they tried to pull on us for their promo. Were you fucking with it? This is hilarious, This though. is not funny. This is a W. It sucks. Like, first of all, the commercial is hilarious. And what's even funnier is that Busy wasn't there because I know he wasn't down with none of this man, shit. Busy shit. Bone ain't got a second for this type no, of shit. not at all. But- in actuality, in theory, it does sound corny, but that's the point. It's supposed to be a joke. That's what made the commercial funny because they were playing it. It was almost like a mockumentary, like how The Office be. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's serious, but it's it's jokes. So it was funny. Like this, in theory, it does sound corny, but the commercial was funny. So I'm letting it slide. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings commercials be funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like them and Arby's to make the same commercials. Yes, yeah, that, and that that shit is funny. So this was funny because people thought this was a real story. Cause that's what it was. That's what the headline was. Bone changes their name to Boneless Thugs. That was the headline. So you can't tell in text that. Well, hey, wait, what? <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> and man. it gets impression, so it worked. All right, man. On Decker of the week this week, man. Who that? We rarely give on Decker of the week out to a rapper for rapping. Oh shit! So let's do that. Let's give an on Decker of the week of Roy to Royce the Five Nine. Mm. Nigga came out with Allegory this week, and this album is fire. It is that that Allegory is tough. It is well put together. It is well thought out. It is yeah. more than because Royce is a rapping ass nigga, of course. And this is more than just like rapping. Like this is a story. Like he. He put some shit into this, and I like it. Now, he weaving some shit together on here. I'm not going to lie. This is easily on, on my top ten at the end of the year. Nah, it's not I, and I haven't even really got a chance to process it like I want to. Nah, I got to listen to this three more. I listened yes. to it on my way to New York, and I like, I was on the flight like, nah, I don't believe this. That <laughs> nigga shit, hey, we're going to review it later. But, we got to. Hey, that was that was. That was that's good. On deck of the week, Royce the five nine for like putting out a phenomenal album. Shout out to Royce, man. I can't wait to talk about that. All right, put me on something, man. What you got? Um, we mentioned Spotify earlier. Mentioned? Yeah, that too. That's right. Um, we mentioned Spotify earlier. I've been listening to Infamous, the Takashi Six Nine story, the podcast on Spotify. No way. It's fire. I don't believe. I'm not gonna. It's fire. Really? Angie Martinez is narrating. She's doing a really good job at that. And it's basically telling everything that we said was going on. Mm. But it's just good to hear the – it's like a 30 for 30. That's all it is. Interesting. It's a 30 for 30 on Takashi, and it's a lot of interesting stuff. That dude was actually put together the same way we looked and was like – How is that happening? This shit is Fugazi. Yeah. It, was Fug, it was Fugazi, but it's good to hear how it was put together from the people who were responsible for putting it together. It's interesting. Oh, okay. What gotcha. you got to put me on? I was listening to Expeditiously. 
You still listen to that? I do because uh-huh. Snowman was on there. Actually, it was a good interview. Oh, a, shit, I ain't know that. Yeah, he had an uh, interview with just him and Jeezy talking back and forth, which was good. And he had an interview with him and Jada Kiss was just talking. Him talking to the rappers is good, and it's a different aspect from when Nori does it. So he just did an interview with Fab, one with Jada Kiss, mm-hmm. and one with Jeezy. All of them were good because you could tell how comfortable they were with T.I., but it went on no drunk Nori shit. Was G- that's what I'm saying. Was Jeezy actually talking, though? Yeah, because, you know, he looks at T.I. like, okay, this is my friend. Contemporary. Yeah, okay. just like Jadakiss was very comfortable. Okay. I've never heard Jadakiss that comfortable. But back to the Jeezy and T.I., they did confirm. T.I. held Jeezy's feet to the fire, and he said, when are we doing our collab album? That's over for they that. They put a date on it. It's they said over. it will be out before the end of the year. It's over for that. I'm waiting on that. I think it was called uh, something, Trap School or some shit like that. Some shit. Skip School. Uh, but I want to hear that T.Z. and G.I. collab. So I'm putting y'all on that. Be looking for it before the end of the year. Yes. Seven years late, guys. Let's hear it. I'm here for it. But check out those three interviews from Expeditiously, too. That was really good. I definitely check it out, man. And check out those boneless thugs and harmony uh, no. wings. At- no, it's not. <laughs> no. Hey, man, we will see y'all next week. We appreciate y'all checking in. Patreon.com slash Realville for these album reviews, including that um, that Royce the Fire Nine. We'll be doing that yeah, soon. Yeah, that's got to come to you. Hollow. We out.